Thank you for downloading a Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan. Hi, I'm Tim Donnelly. Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us today. If a Christian dared to admit, I believe, but I'm struggling with unbelief, what would people say? What would Jesus say? Alec has a passion for pursuing truth, practicing tolerance, and promoting critical thinking. An author and a speaker, you can find out more about Alec and his resources at www.alexmcclellan.com. There are some things Christians don't like to talk about. One of them is dealing with doubt. Doubt is seen as a sign of weakness, a lack of faith that falls short of God's standards. There's no doubt, doubt is serious. But on today's program, Alec talks about how doubt can deepen your faith and prepare you to come alongside and encourage others. When it comes to dealing with doubt, in Christian circles, it seems like the best practice is don't ask, don't tell. Christians struggle with doubt. We could take it one step further. Christians struggle with struggling with doubt. Why? Well, doubt is seen as a weakness. Doubt is often viewed as dangerous. So much, it's even better to live in denial. Don't open the door to doubt. It will destroy your faith. Many Christians have adopted this posture to the point they're unwilling to talk about things that really matter. And it's as a means to protect a fragile faith. Well, thankfully, the Bible helps clear up some of the confusion about how to deal with doubt. Remember, if you have doubts about Christianity or doubts about your faith, it's not as if God doesn't already know. We don't pray to God and say, God, you know, all fine here, uh, no doubts for me, I'm doing fine. And God's hovering above us, looking down on Alex saying, that's my guy, no doubts. And I'm thinking, phew, just as well, I never told God about the doubts. <laughs> if I have doubts, God knows I have doubts. And if you have doubts, that doesn't mean that your faith automatically comes crashing down. There's a great illustration of this in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9. A man is looking for Jesus. Why? His son is possessed by an evil spirit that's intent on destroying him. It's trying to attack and take the life of this boy. Well, the father has heard that Jesus can heal people suffering from this kind of condition. So he goes to seek out Jesus. But after false dawns and disappointments, he's not able to find Jesus. But in the end, he actually reaches Jesus. But by this time, well, his hope is hanging by a thread. So when he comes to Jesus and Jesus asks him if he believes he can heal his son, what does the man have to say? I do believe. Help my unbelief. One more time. He finally reaches Jesus. And what does he have to say? I believe, but help my unbelief. That's it? That's what he's bringing to the table? Well, what a wonderful opportunity for us to find out what Jesus really thinks about people who are struggling with doubt and unbelief. Listen to this. Jesus does not reject him. 
Jesus doesn't even criticise him. Jesus comes alongside him and heals his son. This man's faith was faltering. He had just enough belief to reach out to Jesus. And the Bible teaches just enough belief is just enough. J.P. Moreland is a Christian philosopher. He said, many times we think that believing something with less than complete certainty means we really do not believe it. But this is not true. If you believe something, you must be more than 50-50 regarding that belief. And your belief can grow. If you're wrestling with doubt about Christianity, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, is a great prayer. Because just enough belief is just enough. I like what author Os Guinness said, as believers, we cannot always know why. But we can always know why we trust God who knows why. And that makes all the difference. The Bible clears up confusion about dealing with doubt and it teaches doubt can be a springboard to confident Christianity. Doubt can be a springboard to confident Christianity. Here's the first lesson when it comes to dealing with doubt. Don't choke on the words, I could be wrong. Don't choke on the words, I could be wrong. Admitting, I could be wrong, sounds like we're raising the white flag of surrender. I mean, surely it's the first step on a slippery slope to losing our faith. For example, I often pose this question to Christians. Do you believe it's possible that you could be wrong about Jesus rising from the dead? Well, when the shock subsides, the response is usually the same. No, it's not possible. Ask me the same question. I'm happy to say, I could be wrong. Well, if this doesn't sound like the words of a committed Christian who has a confident Christianity, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul said, If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. So is your faith. More than that, we are found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. Paul acknowledges the logical possibility that Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead. And it doesn't undermine his message. In fact, it creates the platform for him to share reasons to believe Jesus was resurrected. Paul was willing to say, I could be wrong, because it allowed him to share all the reasons why he believed he was right. Christians don't have to choke on the words, I could be wrong. It acknowledges our fallibility. It demonstrates humility. And it can open the door to a wonderful opportunity to gently and respectfully share reasons to believe the Bible is right and truth is on our side. Doubt is natural. It's inevitable for any thinking Christian. Deny doubt, it doesn't go away. In fact, it can corrode and erode your faith. Deny doubt ever enters your mind and others feel discouraged. 
they can't reach such lofty standards. Deny doubt and you miss an opportunity to overcome it, to learn from it and also to be able to help others dealing with the same doubts that you've overcome. Sometimes we don't admit our doubts and we forget that we're following in the footsteps of many godly people who struggled with doubt. Consider people like Abraham or Moses or Jesus' disciples. Sometimes we don't admit it to others and it's true, we ought to be cautious as we share. But we need to share openly with godly people that we love, trust and respect. One of the greatest dangers of doubts might surprise you. It's easy to assume that the greatest danger of doubt comes in the storm of life, when you're hit by the storm. And yet these are the times often we draw closer to God than ever before. The greatest danger of doubt is not suffering from the storm. The greatest danger of doubt is failing to take action at the sound of distant thunder. Here's the image. You have unspoken concerns about Christianity, but you never deal with them. You never find answers because you never go looking for them. When Charles Darwin, the man considered to be the founder of modern evolutionary theory, walked away from Christian faith, he described it in these terms. Disbelief crept over me at a very slow rate but was at last complete. The rate was so slow that I felt no distress and have never since doubted, even for a single second, that my conclusion was correct. C.S. Lewis recognised the same kind of decay in others. He said, If you examined a hundred people who had lost their faith in Christianity, I wonder how many of them would turn out to have been reasoned out of it by honest argument. Do not most people simply drift away? If the danger of doubt is so subtle, how do we guard against it? Don't be passive. Make sure you know what you believe and why you believe it. Address concerns now so that you don't drift later. Otherwise, as Christian author Oz Guinness said, if there's no reason why, when faith is present... There'll be no reason why not when doubts arise. Let me say that again. If there is no reason why, when faith is present, there'll be no reason why not when doubts arise. Well, finally, dealing with doubt is a part of caring for your kids. Dealing with doubt is part of caring for your kids. Has your child ever expressed doubt about Christianity. Every member of the next generation has to make their faith their own, but as parents, the sound of doubt can sometimes make us feel like a failure. My daughter Sophia was 10 years old when she first held a copy of my book, A Jigsaw Guide to Making Sense of the World, instantly turning and highlighting the title of chapter 5, How to Deal with Doubt. I didn't throw my hands in the air, I didn't feel like a failure. I gave it a hug and smiled. My daughter already was thinking about her faith. She's still brave enough to ask the tough questions. And this is critical if you're going to make your faith your own. 
The freedom to ask questions is essential to dealing with doubt. It's part of the journey of faith. Don't encourage kids to deny it. Equip them to deal with it. Christianity is not anchored in our friends or our family. Christianity is anchored in truth. And the one who is the truth, the way, the truth and the life, Jesus Christ. The next generation need to know good reasons to believe Christianity is true. So if your kids are wrestling with doubt, don't freak out. Philosopher Charles Pierce said, The action of thought is excited by the irritation of doubt. The action of thought is excited by the irritation of doubt. Doubt is an opportunity to dig deeper, to build a strong foundation for faith. Young people ask tough questions, the toughest, but when doubt is the expression of a question that encourages reflection, it's a good thing. Scottish author George MacDonald was a strong Christian, but he went through some dark days of doubt. Listen to these words written about him and his recovery. So joyous was the liberation of his own soul that he wanted to share the freeing message that he might indeed make a difference in people's lives, that he might minister to others struggling with the same doubts he had overcome. George MacDonald went on to influence the lives of many people, including one name we ought to recognise, C.S. Lewis. Doubt is inevitable for any thinking Christian. Don't deny it. Be prepared to deal with it. And when God helps you overcome it, you'll stand strong and you'll be prepared to come alongside and support others. Thank you for joining us. You can find out more about Alec and his resources at alexmcclellan.com. That's www.alexmcclellan.com. I'm Tim Donnelly, and thanks for listening to A Jigsaw Guide to Life with Alec McClellan.